0: Chris, my friend, how are you? Mm, I'm good, Christian. It's been—it's been so long. I feel like I've traveled the Oregon Trail since I've seen you last.
1: It, it's funny because uh, you know, two weeks, you know, apart, just—it it seems like an eternity. I feel like so much has happened, and um, you know, so much time has passed. Like you said, we've been on these crazy two separate journeys almost, but really, it's only been 14 days. But it's felt like. It's felt like forever, but uh, but in that time, how how have you been? How was your past couple of weeks?
0: Uh, it was good. I aged an entire year in that two weeks. Um, another another year, another notch on the belt, as it were.
1: Yes, that's right. Um,
0: I've gained a year of wisdom in, in two weeks. Don't take in any wisdom for, for the remaining 352 days, um, but just pack it all in in those two weeks. Had a great time, did a little barbecue. Um, yeah, not too much. Um It was a a good week. You know, there was quite a lot of soccer going on this week as the uh, Premier League and and quite a few European leagues wrapped up this week, Um, which also meant that we saw the Champions League final uh, this past weekend, which was incredible. Um, Shout out to uh, Christian Pulisic, another North American in the Champions League final. Back-to-back years, of course, after Alfonso Davies made Canada proud by taking home the trophy last year. And uh, Pulisic will be bringing the trophy home uh, this year as Chelsea... I would say came out with a bit of a shock win over Man City. I would say that. uh, I was going
1: to say Man City was definitely favored, were they not?
0: Absolutely, I mean they've been dominant this season. A- absolutely incredible to watch. I am I'm by no means a Man City supporter, um, but if you're if you're a supporter of, of of soccer of the beautiful game, you you have to enjoy watching Man City. Um, I mean they're fast, they flow. It's it's incredible. But Chelsea, um, you know credit to them, they played a, a solid defensive game, five at the back, and uh, yeah, they came out with it. So good for them. And on the same day, we also saw. Uh, what is, as I'm sure you've heard, dubbed the most valuable game in the world, which is the promotion playoff final. Um, so, in the championship, one league below the Premier League, top two teams automatically get promoted to the Premiership, whereas teams two, uh, three through six play in a, a little playoff round. And there is a one game single final in Wembley Stadium, uh, most important stadium in England, I would say. Unarguably, but maybe it's arguably, and so Bradford most and recognized, Swansea, I would assume. I would think so. I would think so. Certainly, historically, potentially
1: to the and and to the potential either casual soccer fan or maybe non soccer fans even. I feel like most yeah. people know what Wendley is anyway.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, very few. I think very few Canadians, especially you know those who um, you know watch watch hockey and baseball and so on, might might not have heard of most. Um, of these clubs in England, but have heard of Wembley. So yeah, that's a good point. Um, So Brentford and Swansea faced off in this, uh, in this game. They say that this game is worth because of promotion to the premier league, 130 million pounds, which is basically a quarter billion Canadian dollars is what it's worth between um, your share of the TV rights. When you make it to the premier league, you know, increased ticket sales, more valuable tickets, merchandise, um, everything.
1: Hence, Um, why it is dubbed the world's most expensive game. Correct?
0: Exactly. Exactly. I'm curious, Christian. You know, the more you know, the more you delve into that side of things. You and I have, you know, grown up in uh, Canada. You know, very much with the North American sports system, where it's all single entity ownership. The league in itself is a business, and the clubs are not actually individual companies, really, they're shareholders in a a larger club. And you don't even think of the concept of promotion. You know, the the world works on expansion and occasionally relocation, but never on promotion or relegation. Is that something that uh, interests you? Do you um, you find it an appealing aspect of the game? Do you like the idea of kind of an NFL system where every team is in it year after year? What are your thoughts on that?
1: I am actually very pro-promotion relegation. I think it is a fantastic system. And the reason I like it is because th- then there is actual consequence to being bad. For example, like in the MLB, NBA, you know, you can't tank in the Premier League. Right,
0: right, absolutely.
1: Because if you tank, you we just learned, you basically lose a quarter billion dollars.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it
1: is detrimental to you financially. And, you know, whether it's popularity, like you said, ticket sales, merchant, like all that type of stuff, which let's be real, is pretty much what drives most ownership groups, you know, but that is, that is literally, you you are costing yourselves millions and hundreds of millions of dollars by being bad.
0: Hmm.
1: So you can't tank for the first overall pick because you're not going to get that first overall pick because you're not going to be in the league. Yeah. yeah um, uh,
0: you, you could even argue that in North America, we actually, you know, uh, in a way, support teams coming in last. We want them to come in first or last. We don't like the middle. You right. Know, but be, f- being a
1: 500 team last. is almost the worst thing you can be. Right. You either right. want to be terrible or you want to be the best. Now, there is a little bit uh, there's a there's a little bit of a caveat to that, though, because. And I, I will admit that my knowledge of the European soccer system, specifically kind of the Premier League, the championship, that type of thing is a little bit less than I'd like to admit. But there there really isn't much of a draft in those, right? Like a lot of that Absolutely. is based on transfer signings and that type of thing. Absolutely. So the aspect, so there's, I, I do appreciate the idea of draft and homegrown talent you know when that type of thing you know the minor league system you know I do really appreciate that so I guess I you know I guess I'm not necessarily all you know all or nothing on the promotion relegation system because the draft is something to me that's very exciting but then but there's it's just you know it's it's teams that are just you know going to be terribly bad for periods of time in order just to you know Stockpile draft picks is just not something that I think is very interesting and again with no real consequence if you look at the New York Knicks now they are right now in the playoffs but they are worth something stupid like four plus billion dollars. Right. And they haven't been in the playoffs in like yeah. two decades.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, the most
1: advertised
0: podcast to me, the, the thing that I get the most ads for is like an oral history of how the Knicks became the worst franchise in sports history or something like that. Four right. billion dollars. for that. Right.
1: So they're still worth four billion dollars, <laughs> even though they've been awful for essentially our entire life.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, and so absolutely. that's
1: where it's like that. That to me is. That's what bothers me about kind of the North American style of things is that a team can be so bad for so long and still worth billions of dollars. But in Europe, I know we're talking specifically about the Premier League. If you're bad, you literally just cost yourself a quarter billion dollars. Yeah, totally. And if and you're I- good enough, then you just gained it. And so there's always um, there's always the pressure and the consequence of those standings.
0: Absolutely. It's always consequential. There's a race at the top and a race at the bottom. I totally agree with you. I'm a, a supporter of promotion relegation. I see the primary benefit of um, a single entity system being financial security. I mean, every owner knows that their franchise is going to be worth a lot of money, regardless of whether they screw it up or not. So as an owner, they love that. And I see the value in North American soccer for why that existed in the early phases. You need security for investors, like in the mid-90s when MLS was starting, for people to shell out money and say, okay, I'll support this thing because I know my investment is protected. But I see in the long term, at what you want to do is you want to support ambition. You, you know, you you want teams that spend a lot of money to be the ones that are rewarded for spending that money. But it's very difficult to make that transition. How do you go from having a group of owners who have all said, you know, my franchise, regardless of how badly I've run it, is worth this much money, and now you're going to tell me that you could take that value away? It's very difficult to make the transition. But I do hope, for the sake of North American soccer, that someday we end up with... Uh, promotion and relegation but alas christian i've uh, i've i've taken us off course here how was your week my friend
1: um my week was uh was very good um i feel like i also aged a lot in this past week but for a slightly different reason um in that my daughter turned two this past week hey so, um, which, uh, made, which aged me considerably, um, because now <laughs> I'm like, oh crap, I have a two-year-old. Um, so, um, actually today, um, date of recording, we just actually had her second birthday party, which was, uh, which was very nice, which was great. Um, she stole the show, of course, um, as, as always, it as it should be exactly. So no, it was great. Um, which was very nice. Um, yeah. You're
0: a grown ass dad now. Like, you know, I still have the tiny little bit of feeling of like, well, I'm a new dad, you know, like I'm just, it's just a baby, right? Like I'm still figuring it out. But, uh, I mean, you're a dad, like, but like, she's, you, a, you've got she's a, a tiny human. Yeah. She's <laughs> yeah. She is
1: literally a tiny human, you know, that is like, has, uh, not that babies don't have personality, but I mean, you know, has, you know, she, she runs around and she talks and she, you know, understands and can say five to seven word uh sentences and like all this type you know all these types of things um so it is uh yeah it's it's very bizarre to have like you said you kind of and I don't really know what the time is I'm gonna for me I'm gonna say maybe when they she kind of started walking probably you know once the mobility comes into it then you're 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 done you know you're screwed because (laughs) then they are these tiny humans whereas you know Up until that point, you know, really from them to get from point A to point anywhere, they need you, you know, you got to carry them places, you got whatever. But now that they're just like, you know, even just today, when uh, she was getting her party dress on, um, which if you know, Chris, you know, my wife, it was quite (laughs) frilly. And, uh, um, you know, in your face. She literally just all I heard were these pitter patter of steps and she literally just runs up to me and just looks at me and goes, no, Dada, no. (laughs) And then just runs away again. And I was just like, yep, okay. (laughs) Just out of nowhere. I'm just like literally taking a sip of my coffee and I was just like turned around like, what did I do? (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah such is the life of a such is the life of a, a a dad with a two-year-old but uh, no she did well she did great she's great so i mean i can't uh, and kudos to my wife for uh, for pulling it all off so i, I like uh, that
0: idea of like the evolution into a kid i guess like for those first couple of weeks maybe the first month or two they're a house plant and then i think you go from house plant to like i don't know i'm gonna say aquarium you know? Okay. Like yeah. it's all it's all in one place, but there's a whole lot more movement going on. Sure. You know? And then aquarium maybe to like something self-contained, but still the potential to get a little mobile, maybe like a like a hamster or something. Oh, see, know? I was going
1: I went aquarium to terrarium. Okay, you know? yeah, okay, okay, okay yeah. Right? I'm
0: with you there. But yeah, then, little, what, hap- but then what happens
1: is basically you get to a point and then it's Jurassic Park. <laughs> And the dinosaurs escape the zoo. Um, and uh, believe me when I say I am not Chris Pratt in this scenario. I'm more the guy in the old Jurassic Park that gets like bitten in half, that or the guy. Right. You're yeah, Newman. Or, yeah, or, or, yeah, I'm Newman. Or I'm the guy like on the toilet that just gets eaten by the di- like. That's you know that's that's me. So yeah, um, you're like that scene
0: so. in Evolution where the petri dish has exploded into this octopus <laughs> yep. tentacle thing. You're like, how did this happen overnight? <laughs>
1: It and it, it seems like it it sneaks up on you. I tell you what, so I'm sure in a in a future episode, um, I'll be uh I'll be welcoming you to the club, um, <laughs> of just running away from ferocious dinosaurs. Uh, but uh, no, but I, I can't really complain. Like I said, good week. She's great. Um, so yeah, no no complaints that way. But uh, what do you say? You ready to get this thing started?
0: Let's load it up. <laughs>
1: i was addicted to the hokey pokey but i turned myself around i'm christian that's chris and you're listening to the dad joke loading podcast before we get started here as we do always a couple of quick thank yous producer Ryan as always uh, for putting up with us and making us sound as good as he can Uh, to Vishal Murthy, the vet cartoonist for our image and branding Michael Spicer music for the wonderful and catchy intro you heard as well as all the sound effects for the podcast. Um, And then most importantly, of course our wives and daughters um, who are allowing us to do this because as I always say, Chris, let's be real. They are allowing us to do this. Chris, I was, Yesterday I was, uh, you know, uh, my daughter was down for a nap and um, now we've actually transitioned into a single nap per day. Uh, So we used to do kind of a late morning nap and a mid afternoon nap, um, which totaled about three hours of napping, if we're lucky. Um, One nap a day. That's fewer naps than I have. I know. Seriously. I'm in my 30s. Um, And so she now uh, naps from essentially about, uh, you know, 11 or so. To maybe 130 or ish 130 or 2 um, so basically 11 a.m to kind of whenever she wants to wake up uh, so uh, the reason I'm, I'm mentioning this is because now there's a much longer individual window you know when she's napping so uh, my wife and I were having a bit of a lazy day and uh, and so we we turned on the TV and we uh, I, it was on TNT. Um, which was uh, clearly from me watching the basketball playoffs the night before. Um, So we turned on the TV. And so there was a movie on TV. And so it was Thor Ragnarok, um, which is, you know, I I believe the third installment in the Thor movie franchise, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Right? Thor, Thor Dark World. Yeah, I think that's right. And then Ragnarok, right? And then Ragnarok, yeah. Okay. So anyway, so we're, you know, watching the movie. And we kind of just sit down because we don't really feel like doing much. And we... We watched the whole movie, (laughs) but like commercials and all. And so, wow, and so, and and so like, like, you have Disney plus, well, that's the thing. And that's what I was going to say. So we like, we have Disney plus, but at no point did it cross our minds to just flip on Disney plus and watch Thor Ragnarok. We just watched it on TNT. So commercials, everything.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I if I knowing myself in the way that I think about TV movies, you know, you you've always had the option to watch Thor Ragnarok. I mean, literally 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you could sit down and watch Thor Ragnarok. But when you see it on TV, there's there's a special, indescribable excitement about it. Is that right?
1: Well, it, it's yeah, absolutely. Like, it, and this goes back. I mean, we are obviously not that. I'm going to age us and say, you know, back in my day, but we, I mean. Streaming services came into effect long after we started watching movies on TV, right? So, yeah, so it wasn't really something that I had considered being abnormal, but it was like after the fact that we were just like, Yeah, we could have just watched that on Disney Plus and it would have been over like an hour sooner, like you know. And but there's just something about you know, the commercials where we're like, you know, you got to get up and get your uh, snacks or go to the bathroom during the commercial before you miss something. Yeah. Um, You know, there's that aspect of it. Um, So, I mean, yeah, we sit down and if we sat down partway in the, in, you know, through the movie and it's the part, if you remember the movie where uh, like Thor and Hulk are like fighting each other, um, which I think is what hooked us in, you know, he gets stuck on that, whatever planet and you Know he's going to fight the champion, and he finds out it's Hulk, and he's like, Oh, we're friends from work, and then they just like start fighting, which oh, is oh, that's such a good scene, yeah, such yeah. a good scene. So, um, so anyway, so we're you know, so we're watching the movie, and uh, but nap time ends kind of as the movie's getting good, right? We're like, we're looking at each other, like, Ah, oh, we should probably go get her, you know, you want to get her, all oh, right, okay, I'll go get her anyway. So my wife goes up to get her, you know, brings her downstairs. She's still kind of, you know, rubbing her eyes or whatever. And it's it's the part then. So now we're at the very end of the movie and it's the part of the movie where he uh, uh, spoiler alert uh, for those who haven't seen it. But I mean, it's been a long enough, I think. Yeah, um,
0: I think it's fair. I mean, yeah, you know, three we'll years put in a little spoiler alert. If you have not seen the Marvel movies, but still intend to. uh curiously at this stage, then by all means, turn off the podcast for the next like 60 seconds. But I think
1: it's fair to, to put in a spoiler at this point. Um, and so, you know, he's just, uh, you know, lost his eye and, uh, you know, he's coming back and, you know, the people are all trying to get on the ship to escape. And it's the part right when like immigrant song comes on, you know, when he's like doing that, like, yeah. you know, badass <laughs> intro, you know, that's coming back. And then he just starts kicking ass. Right. So anyway, so Absolutely. it's right at that part. of we're like, well, we're committed now. I mean, we sat, you know, we have sat through an hour and a half and literally probably 20 to 30 minutes of commercials for this, you know, so we're (laughs) going to watch the rest of it. But there's my daughter sitting with us who is now two, you know, at this point, you know, she was almost two and we're like, well, do we, do we, do we let her watch it? You know, like how much (laughs) is she going to, whatever. So anyway, so before we think about it, she's already sitting down she's got a little snack that she always gets after she wakes up and, uh, and she's, you know, and so she's whatever. So we're, we're watching the rest of it. But it was just really hilarious to watch her. And it's just funny, you know, through, through the prism of, of, of kids, right? Um, just how they see things. If, for those of you who remember the movie, um, there's a very large wolf that is part of the movie um, who is kind of the beast, you know, the evil beast, uh, Hella's evil beast or whatever. And so we're watching this and I'm like, oh, man, Thor's coming in immigrant song. You know, he just zapped a bunch of people. He's kicking ass. And there's my and there's my daughter that's just like, oh, dog, dog. No. Oh no! Oh no! And so I'm just like I
0: don't like what's about to happen here because I know what.
1: And so I'm just sitting there going, and we're just going like, oh no! Because like, how do you explain to an almost two year old that like, no, in fact, the dog is bad, (laughs) and is murdering a bunch of people. And also, how do I explain that it's actually okay that the Hulk is just kicking the absolute shit out of this dog because she's literally she's literally like, oh, dog, dog, sad because. Because the Hulk has literally just put its fist through its (laughs) face and like plummeted it into the depths of oblivion. And she's like, oh, dog, dog, sad. (laughs) And we're like, and so, of course, then my wife and I just like burst out laughing because we're just like, (laughs) I mean, how do you explain to a two-year-old that it's like, nope, that's one, that's not actually a dog, but whatever. Two, like, no, the dog is bad. And so we kind of want him to at least maybe not die, but we want the dog, dog to go away. Maybe. Um, And then how how do you also just kind of like justify that the Hulk is just absolutely pummeling this thing and like throws (laughs) it over a waterfall and like, you know, all this type of stuff. And we're just like, oh, man. So it was a very hilariously... Complicated situation that really just ended up with us laughing as my daughter is literally just sad that the cute doggy is, uh, you know, <laughs> poor dog, like, dog, <laughs> yeah, oh, poor dog, dog, sad. And, and we're it's just a, like,
0: it's uh, a road you don't want to go down either. Because how, how then do you have your three year old, you know, one year later explaining back to you that the reason that he did that to that dog was that it was one of the evil dogs, you know, right? It's, it's such a, I mean, you, what you really want to say is no, never, never animal uh, an animal please i guess unless it's um owned by an evil demigod but then then you also have to explain what a demigod is so it's a difficult can of worms to open
1: and, yeah it's it's one of those that like if the if the world that you are currently residing um is about to literally implode like literally the entire world is about to explode in order to get rid of an evil demigod that particular demigod's beast I feel like right. in that situation, okay. you're, you're probably okay yeah. to at least defend yourself and if it's trying rules, to attack you.
0: You know, end of the world gets a little bent, the rules. Just to, t- that's, that's the one scenario. Some, sa-
1: some shades of gray definitely come into that. Yeah, you're, you're definitely right. Um, but you but, still
0: can't stay up past your bedtime. Still yes, yeah,
1: that's right. And you still have to, like, eat your vegetables, exactly. There's no, uh, yeah, there's no, there's no gray there. So, but, um, so that just got me thinking, because I mean in this age of streaming, you know, with like, I mean, who, who watches movies on TV anymore is kind of where, where I kind of went with this, but I mean, clearly some people, because, you know, TBS, TNT, you know, CB, you know, or whatever, you know, CBC, you know, all those, I mean, they still put movies on TV, you know, on certain nights and, you know, whatever, but so they clearly still must matter. But Chris, I have to ask, is there a movie or movies that if you turn on your television and you see that movie on TV, you're sticking around to watch.
0: Oh yeah. A hundred percent Christian. This, this, I mean, everything that you were just saying over the past five minutes really, really spoke to me because this a hundred percent describes me and my wife in every possible way. We, um, you know, like we're, we're that kind of Old-fashioned folks who have, yeah, we've got Netflix and Prime and Disney and all of that. Um, we also have cable, you know, still, still rocking the cable. 100%. Yeah, we got cable, and um, we, uh, we 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 watch it all the time. And I think to me, the the thing that's exciting about a movie, a movie that you see in the guide, that is one of your favorites, it feels like it speaks to you. And I think for us growing up, it was you had to jump on those opportunities. And it was almost like a free movie because if you could record it, it was like you owned that movie. And it was this really special thing growing up. And still to this day, when you see it on TV, it almost feels like, a validation of yourself a little bit that the things that you're interested in and are your favorites that someone else in the world is like, yes, people want to watch this. It just feels like it speaks to you a little bit. And that's what do you even, what Do you remember, so like, true. I
1: feel like now even there's a, there's a new art to fast forwarding through the commercials. Like you mentioned like recording one or like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like DVRs has become a thing of the past almost, but it's like, right. but it's like, yeah, I remember just like, you know, you record the TV movies, but it's still like, you know, you have to, time it right almost so you're either just watching like the last 10 15 seconds of a commercial you know before you get into it or sometimes you see the like you know now returning to uh, you know your regular you know scheduled programming and you're like trying to hit like pause yeah. or play <laughs> right away and of course your remote button always ah. sticks at that point and you <laughs> yeah. miss it and like yeah. yeah it's always yeah it's always pretty we- funny but sorry i interrupted you what are the movies that you actually like
0: mm, mm, mm. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, so really for me, I think honestly what it comes down to is my my individual favorite movies, um, because those are the ones that if I see them on TV um, as single solitary movies, I feel like it's, you know, someone speaking to me. So for me, I've got three. Um, I'd say number one is Moneyball. Um, it to me... Because Moneyball was a bit of a nerdy topic, I think, you know, when, when that book first came out, when, um, when it was first being talked about, the idea of baseball analytics was really nerdy, and the idea that you could make a movie about sports analytics and be um successful with it and, and it'd be a blockbuster that stars brad pitt is a movie that you know growing up i never would have imagined and i always thought that that was just something that i enjoyed but it was a nerdy part of myself that but that's I,
1: al- but that's also like right up your alley just in general you know like hundred percent the, the the playing the role of the gm like even in uh we were just talking before we even put on record or hit record here just about like literally playing like baseball manager games
0: Oh, absolutely! You know, something that, that,
1: so that's right up your alley. So to have Brad Pitt in a movie with it, that's, <laughs> yeah, is like you said, a little bit of a nerdgasm for you almost.
0: So basically, when I'm playing football manager at like one in the morning, um, yeah, that basically I'm Brad Pitt. That's how I feel. So yeah, yeah it's, it's that logic out in that way. Checks out. Um, so number two is a movie from yours and my childhood actually, um, and that is Snatch. Um, big fan of, uh, Guy Ritchie and, and some of the Guy Ritchie okay. movies and, um, yeah, that one, I don't know why again, uh, Brad Pitt in it. I don't know. I, I don't read too much into that. Um, but, I was gonna say, uh, so
1: Brad Pitt's on TV. You're watching is what I'm learning. Yeah, I, so guess, far. I, I guess. guess
0: Oh my God. I didn't even think about this, but my third movie is oceans 11. So no way. That was uh, one of mine. But- is it actually? Oh, yeah, no. Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, that's a classic, and I think came out in the same year as Snatch, or maybe one year before, one year after. So it has that nostalgia factor. So it's a movie that would have been on TV, you know, when we were growing up. Um, obviously, a classic. The style of it, it the, the the comedy, the characters, um, a classic. Snatch, Moneyball, Ocean's Eleven. If those come on TV, I'm watching, and I'm still recording like dozens of movies if I see them on TV. I don't know what it is, but I love it.
1: Uh, so my my first one, uh because I just wrote down a short list of well of three. So I wrote down my number three was Oceans Eleven or Thirteen, but not Beauty. twelve.
0: Okay, yeah, 12, okay. Twelve, 12 was bad.
1: Yeah. I thought twelve was bad. Yeah. But um
0: I have not seen Oceans Eight. Have you seen Ocean's Eight?
1: You know what? I actually have not. Um I have not, but I've heard really good things. So it's definitely gonna yeah. be maybe if it's on TV not I'll record reviews. it. But um but uh, yeah, Ocean's Eleven, like you said, so good. Just all of the intricacies of it. You know, it's one that I can watch again and again and again. Um, and and it's great. Actually, one of my favorite songs really of all time um, is actually uh, Claire de Lune, um, which oh, is by Claude yeah, Debussy, yeah. but also makes its... Um, an appearance in that movie by the Philadelphia Philharmonic right at the end there, um, and it's That's just one fountain of the most scene, right? the fountain scene. Yeah, it's just one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. So I always love that part. But uh, yeah, Ocean's Eleven was was one of mine. Um, another one of mine was V for Vendetta.
0: Mm, good one, um, classic.
1: Such a good movie. Um, I'm a huge Natalie Portman fan, just in general. Um, and, um, yeah, so just such a good movie, like you mentioned, another the-
0: nostalgia factor too. Cause I feel yes. like that would be another kind of correct me if I'm wrong, but like 2000s movie yes. the at some point. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, just the concept of the movie, the ideology behind it. Um, yeah, just, just a great movie overall. Um, I definitely remember the 5th of November, uh, and try to watch it every year. <laughs> Um, but then my my third one, which is actually my number one, is actually just my favorite movie ever, um, which is the Shawshank Redemption. Hmm, classic. Um, it's classic. Just, oh, just so good. And I can, like I said, watch it over and over and over. The only problem with that one um, is just it is a lengthy flick. And yeah. so yeah, watching it on TV, it. especially now, I mean – it would be a four hour commitment to watch it on TV. So I, you know, so I think I probably only catch it in installments, but a uh, Shawshank in some, production.
0: In some ways though, it makes it even more worth it to be a TV movie because it's like one of those kind of slow burns where like, you don't mind a commercial. It's like, you've read a chapter of the book and now you're going to take a little break and go to the fridge and then come back and read your next chapter, you know? So it has that nice kind of like slow TV burn evolution to it. You know,
1: it is, it is almost like a, a, a TV marathon you know, movie marathon almost, yeah. almost in in and of itself. Um, all right, okay. Since we're here, then movie marathons on mm, TV. I enjoy
0: me a good movie marathon. Yeah, yeah. Me,
1: me too. Um, okay, so let's do this then. Uh, impromptu <laughs> countdown. I guess. What's your? Do you have some movie countdowns that, or mm. sorry, movie marathons that if you. If you haven't, I'll go, I'll go right away because the, okay. and I think, yeah, I, let me think
0: on this for one second. I think
1: I, I think I mentioned it in the, in one of the previous pods. Actually, I believe I did, um, was the Harry Potter marathons, mm, um, yeah. because that was on TV that's... when my daughter was born. So that was in the hospital, what are going on in the hospital. So we were admitted to the hospital kind of right in the, uh, you know, as Harry was getting accepted into Hogwarts. And I think my daughter was born somewhere in the middle of the Order of Phoenix. So about (laughs) movie five or so. No, yeah, because they took a break overnight. My daughter was born very early in the morning. Um, And then we moved up into the uh, mother and child ward just, uh, you know, in time for, uh, I believe, Deathly Hallows Part One. Uh, you know to start so um did you uh did you have any of the
0: uh, uncontrollable urge to like put both hands <clears throat> on her head right after she was born and just go Gryffindor yeah <laughs> uh
1: and what is the name? of your t- what is that hat why are you putting it on <laughs> her head yeah just all of a sudden just like you know uh, Christian, are you putting a lightning bolt on her forehead? God <laughs> damn it. Like, yeah.
0: that's how, I, I like that for the name. But, you know, just put a baseball cap on her and take it off and go, Ashley. It's Ashley. That's what it is.
1: <laughs> um, but the other movie marathon uh, that I will always go for, uh, which I do every year, um, is actually the original Star Wars trilogy. And mm, I always watch one. it on May the 4th.
0: Do you? Yeah. On, I do. On the day. On, on the, the day. day. Oh, wow. Um, And we're talking back to back to back. Is that right? Like when we say marathon, we mean like all in one go, basically.
1: Although I will admit, on on days where I have to work on said day, it's a little bit different. I have to, you know, find the time. Um, But this past year, I was actually off on that particular day, Um, and so I actually was able to watch all of them in succession. I say all of them, the original trilogy, and then I kind of picked and picked and choose the rest. Um, but I kind of had them on in the background because of course, you know, a one and a half year old doesn't exactly let you just sit and watch three movies in a row. Um (laughs) so I uh so I had to do that. But uh yeah those are the two that I would go for, um, which would be Harry Potter and then the original Star Wars trilogy. But what about you?
0: Yeah, those are really good. I mean if if we're talking marathon where we divided over a lot of different days, there are a ton my my wife and I are really into like the idea of, okay, we're doing Star Wars. Well, for the next two weeks, every night, we're doing a different Star Wars movie. And, gotcha. you know, and we'll include like Solo and Rogue One and all of that in there. Um, if we're talking all in one go, that's a more unique experience, right? Because it's usually over say Christmas time where I have a few days off or a long weekend. And so there's there's a couple that stand out to me. There's one that we do every single year and we try to do it on Christmas time. And I'd say we get at least two of the movies done in one sitting and try to do the third one either later that night or maybe the next day. And that is uh, Lord of the Rings. Mm. Um, It's something, it started when uh, my uh, parents and I and my cousins and everybody, we all came back on a trip um, from Europe and we were so tired from the jet lag and everything that we just put them on TV, the extended editions while we kind of like flaked out and let our body adjust. And it became an annual tradition for us. Um, So we do The Hobbit as well, Um, obviously very different style of movies. I mean, I'm not going to get into that whole different debate, Um, but we're, uh, yeah, Lord of the Rings happens every year. And then a couple other ones that I've done just once or twice as a a marathon, but which I really enjoyed. Okay, so don't judge me for this one. This is one that we did last summer, (laughs) uh, height of the pandemic, Um, but I had a friend who did it and I thought, yeah, okay, I can get behind it, nostalgia factor. And that is The Fast and the Furious Marathon. So it is uh, a walk down memory lane to go f- through that entire sequence and see the, the evolution and, and the characters and the style, what they're wearing, what they're driving. Um, and there's a few in there that I actually genuinely enjoy. Um, I, am, I am embarrassed but not ashamed to admit that uh, Tokyo Drift, I could, uh, I could get lost in that movie every day of the week. So we did Fast and the Furious um, and uh, don't know that I would do it again. I'm so uh,
1: disappointed in you. <laughs>
0: well, you'll like this next one, which was uh, when we were moving in uh, to our most recent place, we had, uh, we did all three of these over the course of a box unloading 10 hour session. And that is um, all of the most recent um, dark night uh, trilogy, Ooh. I guess is what you'd say. So, um, like the, know, Christopher Nolan, from- the Christopher Nolan, the Christopher Nolan trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's a um, good one. Actually, that being said, if I, if, if,
1: if I can, if I can add on to my list really quickly, if Dark Knight is on TV, I'm going to watch it.
0: That's it. Yeah. It's a like, classic, that's, classic, that's, isn't that's it. A, yeah.
1: that's a, like, and just, I mean, the Heath Ledger factor, you know, just oh. in there and the joke, like he's, uh, yeah, that's that's know, a great one.
0: I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before. Did you know that that was that's the only movie I've ever seen at a midnight release before? It's the only movie I've ever seen really? on opening day and the only movie I've ever seen opening day at midnight. Was I did Star not Night. know
1: that. No, I did mm-hmm. not know that. Yeah, that, one. that that's a good one. And that's a great trilogy. So you redeemed yourself from that one. You will not <laughs> yeah. you will not they balance catch, out. You will not catch me dead watching a Fast and the Furious movie. Never, <laughs> never seen one. Never will. I know they got. Uh, you've what never is it? seen. You've never seen one. Nope. I mean,
0: how can you judge if you've never seen one oh, of so, them? It's
1: okay, I've seen the first one.
0: Okay, all right, all right, all right. I've seen the first well,
1: one. And, but just, it's, I mean, I, you know what, to each their own. It doesn't, it doesn't interest me at all, but it's one of those things where it's, they just get so ridiculous. Oh, like, yeah. there's a oh, level absolutely. of, you know, yeah. but I mean, yeah. and, and so I will say this, but I mean, again, I watch, you know, we talked about Marvel movies, you know, like, I mean, yeah, okay, I know superheroes don't exist, so why can't Vin Diesel do something that clearly should have killed any normal yeah. human being in a yeah. car and somehow survive? I, so, okay, yeah, I, I get that. There's just, there is nothing in there that interests me at all. And it just, it, yeah, it's, I am guilty
0: of having a few too many beers and laughing out loud when Vin Diesel is like jumping from like a convertible up on top of a tractor trailer, you know, over a bridge and
1: you're like, yeah, you can't do that. (laughs) You can't do that. Yeah. Doesn't he like barrel roll a car into a helicopter in one of them somehow? (laughs) And just like, you're just like, you're like, as someone with even just like a morsel of physics knowledge, you're like, no,
0: but those cars, Christian. Those sure, cars. and and again,
1: and and cars, you know, unless it's a unless it's a uh, you know nineteen sixty nine Corvette, um, I'm I'm not really interested. Um, my dad had one of those, so I've always I've always been a Corvette fan, but I'm not really I'm not a muscle car guy. I'm not a
0: About, uh, like know, a ninety three but... Toyota Tercel, you know, something good for the family. <laughs> economical
1: (laughs) stow and go seating (laughs) okay if they did fast and furious but they're all driving like toyota (laughs) siennas you know or something like that and in like the stow and go seating that's where like the like you know whatever they stole is there or like you know the rock or john cena pops out of the stow and go seating (laughs) then you've got me sign me up yeah then (laughs) then you've got me you know what i mean if it's you know if it's you know Fast and Furious Eight because it's got eight seats, you know. Then okay, then you've got me. But like you know, something stupid like that. But but yeah, no, just just not in my not in my wheelhouse. One one trilogy. Speaking of trilogies, which I've never actually watched, which I need to watch. Have you ever watched any of the John Wick movies?
0: I have. Yeah, I I I have missed a few. I think I've seen the first one and uh, the third one. Um, I was listening to a different
1: yeah. podcast um, recently, and they were talking about. And one of the guys came out with a bit of a hot take that they said it was literally like the best trilogy of wow. movies they've ever seen. And, that uh, and is this is a hot take. And That's this a, is somebody that like knows movies fairly well, like in terms of trilogies. They were like, "It's the best," and I was like, "Ooh, hot take." The- the best. That's a that's a Ricky Romero's gonna win the Cy Young
0: kind of hot take, right? Well, there. I mean, I
1: didn't bet money on it. I
0: mean, <laughs> Who would be dumb enough?
1: Yeah, who'd be dumb enough oh, to bet money on that? That's me. That's me. <laughs> that's me. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, but okay, uh, uh, I digress because we've been uh, we've been talking about this for a bit. Um, we were talking about TV movies. We've been talking about movies that we would watch, and so um, I want to take us into a recurring segment, which is going to be countdown. And so we're going to do countdown Beauty. of our top five. Marvel movies okay now this is a a caveat these are Marvel movies that are not Avengers movies Okay, so I know there are superheroes. So it's not. So I feel like most people, their favorite Marvel movie is probably Endgame or Infinity War, or you know, just because of the star power. And I get it. But we're going to mine is the
0: first Avengers. Actually, that's what I'm. Okay, sorry. Go go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh,
1: But they would be. uh, So these are going to be top five uh, Marvel movies, non Avengers movies. So this is our recurring segment countdown. All right, Chris. Since you're the visiting team, do you want to go first?
0: Yeah, sure. I'll take it away. Okay. I uh, I don't know what your list is, but I I feel like I know you well enough to know that you and I are going to have a little bit of overlap on our list. Okay. Um. But I um. So I'm going to start out with um. Uh, my uh. One of the more recent ones, I guess, um, but one that I think is very um, visually incredible, very unique, um, ties a lot of the universe together, um, and that is Black Panther. I know you've mentioned it in a previous episode of this podcast. I think it's, uh, I think it's an incredible um, movie um, uh, with, with great acting and, and, again, a great visual presentation. Um, Absolutely. really One of the best, I, I mean, I think potentially the best visual presentation of all of them. Um, then I'm going to go next with a, a movie that I looked forward to for a really, really long time, uh, before it came out. And that's guardians of the galaxy two volume two. Um, I was really pumped up for that movie. I think you're going to figure out where number one is on my list very soon. <clears throat> and, uh, I, I thought it was really well done as well. It's a movie that even though I liked the first one better, um, I would still watch the second one happily any day of the week. Um, third one for me is, uh, maybe one that wasn't quite so popular, um, at least not when it came out, but maybe because of how the character evolved. And that is, uh, the first Captain America. Um, I forget what it's called. The first man, Captain
1: The America? first Avenger.
0: The first Avenger. That's what it is. Thank you. Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, but I thought the first Captain America was really good. I, what was interesting to me is it didn't captivate me right away. Um, but because of the way the Captain America character evolved over the course of the cinematic universe i um uh, i fell more in love with the first one and i can watch it now again and again and again uh, number two is Guardians of the Galaxy. Number one um, was so different. I mean, so different to all of the, the other ones when it came out. Um, Chris Pratt did an incredible job. Obviously, I had become a fan of his through Parks and Rec and things like that. Um, so I uh, I didn't know what to expect. I don't think any of us knew what to expect with Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I still watch one. that
1: movie with like a little bit of Andy Dwyer in it. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: You know, because I and mean, he is, is, yeah. he is. I mean, Chris Pratt's character is still goofy. Like yeah. in that movie, he's just also you know, uh, you know, he's a he's a, a little bit more. But.
0: He's kind of like an edgy Andy Dwyer. Like if Andy Dwyer wasn't in like a you know tame friendly government workplace, but in like I I don't know the military or something like that. This is re- it's just always it's also Dwyer. funny too
1: just to watch Parks and Rec um, after he filmed that movie. And because he just comes back one season and he's ripped, right? Yeah. Because he, yeah. like, whatever. And so then he's, I think it's when he's in England, I think, like, doing the charity work or whatever. And they just really quickly just mentioned, he's <laughs> yeah. just like, man, like, you look great. What'd you do? Oh, I quit drinking beer. Yeah. Like, that's he's, like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, I yeah. quit drinking beer. I lost 50 pounds. Like, it's just yeah. like, and then they go about, like, they don't mention it ever after that. But he's clearly just now ripped because he was a guardian and it's so funny
0: there's one other reference in parks and rec i forget exactly where it is maybe a listener can write in and let us know but it's uh at some point in parks and rec he makes a reference to being like he's like saving the universe or something like that and uh it it was a callback to him being in uh guardians of the galaxy
1: so i wonder if it was maybe it was a johnny karate show reference maybe oh maybe yeah good good shout absolutely that's gonna be my guess but i actually don't know but anyway
0: Um, Well, that brings us to my number one on the list. Big, big gap for me between number one and number two. I think number one is like potentially a top five movie of all time for me, not just within um, the MCU. And that is the first Iron Man. um, Wow. uh, Yeah. Okay. So going way, way back. I forget if if that was the first uh, one released in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or or, uh, the first one in the story. Um, But But, um, yeah, I mean, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the character. I had no idea what to expect. I'd never seen a movie like that before. Um, And Robert Downey Jr. uh, is, in my mind, one of the best actors of all time. And uh, that's one of the best characters of all time. So I really enjoyed it. Um, Iron Man, number one. What about you, Christian? What are your five?
1: So you are right that we have a lot of overlap. um, But actually in a a much different order, believe it or not. Um, Mm, Okay. So... Um, I'll start really quickly. So number five for me is actually Captain America Civil War.
0: That's the third one, right? That, yes, that's the one.
1: It's basically (laughs) Captain America versus Iron Man. um, Right. And and their respective teams um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I liked it as uh, a lot just because of the, um, I thought it was a little bit different just in that, you know, it had basically the Avengers fighting each other you know so it wasn't just like a hey we're a team it was right. like no we right. actually disagree fundamentally about some things and we're going to hash it out even though i don't really know if anything ever really gets solved at the end of that they just kind of all fight and get exhausted and then they're like are we done fighting <laughs> you know but anyway they did just like don't go to bed angry pretty much you know like right. <laughs> but um, but anyway um uh, yeah, so the number five, Captain America, Civil War. Number four for me is Thor Ragnarok, um, as previously mentioned, mm. for the reasons previously mentioned. um, I will argue that that entrance. So when he comes in with like immigrant song and he just comes in and just, you know, that might be one of the best movie entrances of all time. Um, wow.
0: Now now who's hot taking it? Yeah, do-
1: don't at me on that. But I mean, that's it's it is like when he comes back in, like I get so pumped up, like I want to go. Like fight evil whenever I like see it because <laughs> I'm just like yes, even though I know what's gonna happen. Um, so that's number four for me. Number three for me is actually Captain Marvel. Um, Captain Marvel was a movie I was very much looking forward to. Um, really, really enjoyed for a couple of reasons. Um, and I, I will admit this might expose me a little bit to recency bias, but you know, now being a dad of a daughter. You know, being a girl dad, just the female empowerment part of that, I think I really, really like, um, which I probably should have liked long before I had a daughter. But now that I have a daughter, you know, there's an added value there to me. And there's this one scene, um, and uh, she's basically just, you know, Captain Brie Larson, who community right goes from coach right, girl in the, and community uh, to yeah. uh to yeah. um superhero saving the avengers basically
0: i still remember uh, a friend of the podcast one of yours and my good friends who listens to this um, the day, maybe not the day after, but the week that that episode came out. And we were talking about that episode because it was a good episode. And we were like, I wonder if this character is going to become a long-term character because she's kind of in a in a love interest with uh, Abed in that, in that episode of Community. And I remember talking about it with him. And then lo and behold, she became mega famous. It's she crazy. became
1: literally, yeah, Captain Marvel. But there's this scene where she's literally just kicking everyone's ass and it's too... It's to the music of "I'm Just a Girl" by No Doubt, and yeah, I have—I have so No Doubt is was one of my favorite bands growing up. Like there, I there was the first CD I ever had. I had a Tragic Kingdom on cassette tape that I played in my bedroom. <laughs> wow. I had a huge crush crush on Gwen Stefani. Um, and so that was one of my like favorite No Doubt songs. So anyway, uh, but uh, so Captain Marvel uh, number two for me is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. Um, so I also put Volume Two in there, but uh, I'm gonna go Volume. I I know you mentioned you thought. Now, did you say two was better than one, or I liked one better than you 2. you like one better? Okay, I like one better specifically for the soundtrack as well. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And absolutely. so, um, actually, my wife and I walked into our wedding to come and get your love, which is, I believe the opening song of volume yep. one. Um, and I remember cause he's just on that planet and he's just, you know, like, you know, he's plays it on his, on his, uh, on his Walkman there. And there's this part where he's literally just singing along and there's this little like space critter that runs yeah. up and he <laughs> yeah, just puts it. He just kicks it. Yeah. It's just so funny. My wife and I still do that to this day, but, uh, so that's, that's a- one
0: of those songs that comes on. And like, I am, I am Chris Pratt walking around my house when it comes on. You Absolutely. Know? I'm holding my phone to my mouth going, come and get your love wherever I am. Doesn't matter when. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Uh, So that's number two for me. And then number one for me is Black Panther. Um, And I don't Mm, think that needs to be uh, explained really for for multiple reasons. But uh, like you said, uh, just visually stunning uh, yeah, as really, a, yeah. as a movie, but, uh, but obviously just, you know, the messaging and, and, uh, and what it, uh, meant really to, I think kind of the superhero universe in general. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Black Panther for me. So, um, but, uh, yeah, that does it for, uh, for this part of the, uh, part of the episode today. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we'll be talking about some more stuff, uh, here on the podcast. So I'm Christian, that's Chris, get in touch with the show, dad, Joke loading podcast, gmail.com dad joke loading podcast instagram at loading dad on twitter give us a follow rate review listening optional as i always say um but uh yeah we'll be right back in a minute we'll be talking about some more stuff hi i'm sound designer and composer michael spicer and i want to help you with the audio in your podcast do you need theme music or background music in a specific genre we've got eight bit orchestral or just chill visit michaelspicermusic.com and contact me all my social media stuff's there too so you know whatever you want goodbye
0: Welcome back to the Dad Joke Loading Podcast. I'm Chris, he's Christian, and we're going to chat with you uh, a little bit more um, about uh, some non-fully dad topics. Um, We're going to stray away a little bit, um, but something that I think is close to both Chris, uh, Christian, and my um, heart, and to our family's hearts, and something that's actually quite close to producer Ryan's heart, and that is Disney World. So um I got to I got got to mention here Producer Ryan's podcast Dole Whips and Double Doubles Um, He and uh, I think his three guest hosts uh, have a great show um, about Disney World and uh, all aspects of it. I think um, we're a little bit more biased towards Disney World uh, as opposed to Disneyland uh, based on where Christian and I grew up. We're closer to the eastern seaboard, of of course, um, and so flying to Florida is a lot more natural than flying to California.
1: Orlando's a quick three hours. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And no time zone change. So I think if you ask most people in the GTA or Buffalo or um, this part of the world, uh, if they're more familiar with Disney World or Disneyland, I would say Disney World. But listeners, if uh, you disagree, let us know. We'd love to hear about it. But for the purposes of this segment, we're going to be talking mostly about Disney World. And we're going to start with a little bit of rapid fire. Rapid fire. So, Christian, just to kind of warm us up before I uh, talk to you a little bit more about Disney World, I'm just going to ask you a few basic questions right off the top. OK. OK. So of all the different parks at Disney World, which one's your favorite?
1: Animal Kingdom.
0: Yeah, classic. Of course. I wouldn't expect anything else from uh, a fellow animal lover growing up. And, and, to be yeah, amazing. Animal
1: Kingdom and and really just because of the uh, safari, you know, you basically get to I, and I realize that, you know. That's a whole other kind of aspect of our discussion about, you know, zoos and all that type of stuff. But uh, potentially. But uh, yeah, the safari in and of itself is 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 fantastic. And just being a huge Lion King fan as well um, Mm -hmm. and that type of thing. So I'll say Animal Kingdom.
0: All right. What's your favorite walking around snack? Uh, Dole Whip. Dole Whip. Yeah, it's I a mean, classic. They're so good. Speaking um, of Dole Whips,
1: listen to producer Ryan's podcast called <laughs> Dole Whips and Double Doubles, two Canadian couples, both named Ryan and Lauren, who chat about all things Disney World. But anyway, continue. Sorry, you were saying?
0: <laughs> what were you saying, Christian, about Dole Whips and Double Doubles? Say that to me one more time. Oh, I so think that's Dole, whip- Dole
1: Whips and Double Doubles. Right. So it's Dole Whips like the Disney snack, but then Double Doubles like a classic Canadian ah, drink, right? So that's, yeah, it's a clever name that way because it's like they're Canadian, but they're talking about Disney. Yeah. So it's like the two snacks, you know,
0: you before you before you even get into the podcast, it's just a fun name to say, isn't it? Like just just to listen to it, just so that you could say, I listened to Dole Whips and Double Doubles. It just it's great to say. It's
1: something so, I'd listen to just based on the name, not even knowing yeah. what it's about. Once yeah, again,
0: that's Dole Whips and Double Doubles. So, um, for uh, for someone who goes to Disney World a lot, Christian, do you um, do you have a favorite hidden treasure? Like, is there something, some aspect of the park that you think not everybody knows about that you've like discovered? That's one of your favorite hidden gems.
1: Yes, in Epcot. There is an ice cream shop, and it is in, so for those of you who are not aware, so Epcot has a a little more of a traditional kind of Disney Park-esque aspect to it in the front, but then in the back there's what's called the World Showcase. And the World Showcase is basically a uh, large circle that you walk around, and there's a bunch of different countries uh, represented, and in each of those countries there's either a restaurant or a ride or... Um, You know, shops, restaurants, all that type of stuff that's in there. And so in France, there you have to go um, kind of past the little uh, fountain that's there. You're going past the restaurant. And in the back there, there's this little ice cream shop and patisserie that just is divine. And, uh, we make a point of going there all the time, but it's a little off the beaten path. You don't exactly see it. You got to kind of wind your way through to get there. Um, but that is one thing that if anybody's going to Epcot, I always make sure that they, uh, that they go to.
0: Nice. I will remember that. All right. Uh, next easy one. When you were growing up, did you have a little autograph book and follow up question? Do you still have that autograph book of all of the Disney characters?
1: Um, so fun fact, uh, Chris, this might surprise you. I actually went to Disney World for the first time at 23.
0: What? Get out of here.
1: So, when You've my... been
0: there like 45 times now.
1: Yeah, I crammed it all into about 10 years. Um, wow. When my gracious. wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, and I went in second year vet school. That was literally the first time I ever went.
0: Wow. I had no idea. Yeah. You have made up for lost time. So then the
1: short answer is no, I did not have an autograph book growing (laughs) up. And then follow-up question, the (laughs) autograph (laughs) book I have now belongs to my daughter. Um, So I keep that one. Nice.
0: Good. I like that. I like that. Um, all right. So for adults then, so you're talking about how you went with your wife when, or now wife when you were 23 years old. So comparing your Disney World times as a 23 year old and your uh, times now uh, in your 30s with your daughter, what, um, what would you say is your favorite adult attraction? So something that, you know, isn't necessarily for your daughter so much, but that you, if you are going there by yourself, you would go to every time.
1: Uh, anywhere that sells liquor
0: (laughs) nice they now include
1: liquor on the dining plan and they now have a lot more um ability for you to have a casual adult beverage as you peruse around the uh, around the park um particularly so i'm going back to epcot just because there's a lot of you know the food and wine festival is there every year which my wife and i always try to get to um or if we're going to go in a particular year, that's typically when we go. I guess I should phrase it that way. Uh, but there's a really great frozen margarita place in Mexico, which I realize is super stereotypical. Um, but it's uh, they have all these great different like flavored frozen margaritas. Um, quenches your thirst on a hot day. Very tasty. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's nice now because I can literally walk down Main Street, Magic Kingdom, just like with a pint of beer. Nice. And it's nice. so... Yeah. While well, pushing definitely... a stroller and like not getting judged for it because I look over and there's like another dad doing the same thing. And you just give like <laughs> the little cheers. Yeah.
0: That's one of those things that definitely in the in the past 10 years, I feel like I've learned so much. We've talked about it on this podcast before. But, you know, when you're when you're in your when you're a teenager, you know, for example, you don't you don't really think of your parents as. I mean, you don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like to be a parent. And so when you get to that stage and you, you think back to when you were eight years old running around Disney World and God, my dad must have just been itching for a beer, you know, in <laughs> a hot, a hot afternoon, two in the afternoon. He's been with me all day. He must have been really looking forward to a cold one. And I know that I'll be looking forward to a cold one when I go the next time. I got
1: to give my dad and mom uh, like huge props because they like definitely took me to like amusement parks and stuff. And t- clearly back then they didn't serve liquor at them. So <laughs> right. like, w- how did they survive the day?
0: Heroin, obviously. Yeah, it
1: must have been. Yeah, Simpler so, time, really. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, all right. So uh, obviously one of the big changes that Disney has undergone in the last few years is uh, Star Wars. And so mm. um, I've heard lots of good things about the Star Wars uh, component to the park now. So your thoughts as a big Star Wars fan on the Star Wars part of Disney World. Love it or list it.
1: Is there something that's like 10 times bigger than love it? Because that's <laughs> what I would make. Really? It is it is, it is absolutely phenomenal. Um, the, uh, the two new rides that they have there, uh, one of which is you basically pilot the Millennium Falcon on a uh, on a rating run and there's like three different aspects to it you can be the pilot the gunner the engineer but it's just like it's incredible um and then the other one is called rise of the resistance which is based on the kind of newest trilogy of movies it is by far the most immersive roller coaster experience you will ever be a part of it is it is absolutely unbelievable like you are going on it's a trackless ride um, and there's like four different parts. The whole ride takes like 20 minutes almost. Hmm. And in these different parts, and there's literally like, if you've watched the movies, there are life-size ATATs that are shooting at you. Wow. Like it is unbelievable. Like you run into uh Kylo Ren and he literally uses the force and blasts you backwards and you feel every part of it. It is wow. insane. Um, like I would go and fly to Disney world just to go on that ride. Um, so um, yeah, if there's something bigger than love it, I would love it. I would, mm, I would list I it wait. just so I could buy it and love it again. Um, if that <laughs> makes sense for the, for those of you who know that show, but, uh, yeah, fan, absolutely fantastic. Mm, I can't wait. All
0: right. Speaking of flying somewhere just for these purposes. Um, so as you know, about a year and a half ago, I was lucky enough to go to Tokyo Disney, really incredible experience. We loved it a lot. Um, outside of Disney world, if you could pick any of the other, uh, Disney theme parks to go to, whether that's California or Shanghai or Tokyo, wherever, uh, what would you pick if you could go to one of them?
1: I would pick Tokyo. Um, and I think that's probably just from also an underlying, just strong desire to go to Japan. Um, so I think I would pick Tokyo just for that reason.
0: Good choice. Strongly recommend it. All right. Next one. Um, you've taken your daughter to Disney world. Um, and as someone who, well, we'll get to this in a moment, but hopes to be in that position in the near future. What is your daughter's favorite thing at Disney world?
1: Uh, meeting the characters for sure. Um, so we, uh, I know shocker, Chris, I'm sure, you know, whenever we take her, we dress her up as a, one of the princesses. Um, and so one of her favorite things was to do like the meet and greet with the, um, with the uh with the princesses and, and that type of thing because she absolutely loved it we actually got one of uh the cinderellas to break character which was hysterical
0: really uh, so, I, I always thought that was like a oh really it's a huge thing oh it's do. a
1: huge faux pas um but we managed to do it well we my daughter managed to do it um because uh she was dressed as cinderella and very adorably and so when she went to meet Cinderella, they were sitting next to each other and like posing for a photo. And then she literally just kind of like looked at us and we goes oh, She's so cute. My ovaries just exploded, like just <laughs> off to the side. And we were both like, Wait, what? Because, like, like, in our minds, we're like, We know the story of Cinderella. We're, like, wait, isn't she like a teenager? Like, she's not like, We're like, it's a work going not Remember
0: way. when she says that? Yeah. Ovaries like flipping through the book. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Um,
1: so, uh, so oh, meeting that's the characters. Classic.
0: Nice. Um, Okay, taking it to the flip side then, um, you know, being in Disney World can be a difficult day, hot day, a lot of walking around. What is your daughter's least favorite thing about visiting Disney World?
1: I don't know that it's necessarily anything Disney World specific, but it's, it's the lack of routine. Mm. So, and that's one thing we struggled with, I think, as parents um, is just, you know, she naps at a certain time. She eats at, you know, all those types of things um and and so being able to kind of manipulate through that. So I think it was a bit of an adjustment uh for my daughter to to get used to. Um but then also just the amount of travel involved. Mm. And so I say that like yes, you go to Florida and I don't necessarily mean like the flight down there necessarily. Um but I mean you're always walking around or you're taking public transportation, obviously my is not really doing most of the walking she's either in a stroller or being carried but there's a lot of transit involved so i think that was something right. she had to get used to that did make her sometimes particularly fussy um but for the most part she was great um throughout um we've she's actually gone twice um but uh but yeah so i would say that is probably just like the lack of regiment and familiarity maybe just in her routine yeah
0: that's a good one yeah that makes a lot of sense totally all right, we're going to close it out with just a really fun yes or no question, okay? Okay. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Incredible, incredible movie. Fantastic. Um, under the Disney umbrella. Um, obviously not not what you'd think of as a classic Disney cartoon, but has really become um, the standard for, for a lot of different um, yeah, definitely. Uh, art in that way. So uh, do you think that that is a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? Oh, it's a Christmas movie. Well, well, well sparking the controversy i'm interested to hear what our listeners think so um you may or may not know this christian my wife would ardently say it's a halloween movie and i'm totally with her i think it's a halloween movie you got scaring people you know he's from halloween town he segues into christmas for a little bit but comes right on back to halloween what is your justification for it being a christmas movie my friend
1: besides the title
0: (laughs) oh touche touche all right all right moving on so well we'll close out that <laughs> rapid fire with that. With I, that I, one. I, so
1: I, I yes, you so I, I will say it's I will say its relation to like Santa Claus um and and specifically its story and how it wraps around the holiday. Hmm. Um so yes, yeah, so while I would admit, like you said, there is that, that method of, of fright and everything that wasn't that is involved, sure. Um but I think that the 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 plot and the reasoning and the focus I would say is more based on maybe not reliant that's not the right word but maybe based on the holiday that is, that is that is christmas yeah. um, like, okay, to me so, I, so I, that's where that's where i would say christmas movie
0: i hear i hear the argument that jack is like getting in touch with a different side of him like a more sort of open and caring side of him who like sees the emotion in people and um you know it and it has that nice message and he saves santa claus 100% i'm with you but it ends with That really scary Oogie Boogie scene, which, I mean, it ends with that. You know, it's not ending with Jingle Bells. It's ending with Oogie Boogie dissolving into a pile of cockroach worms. But, you know, I hear you that there is that Christmas message to it. Either way, we'll leave it aside for now, because the reason, Christian, I'm asking these these Disney World questions is that, you know, we've been in a really good spot here in Canada. We're finally catching up to places in the United States in our vaccine load, and we are starting to see that light at the end of the tunnel. We had fans in the arena for the first time in Montreal just recently uh, in the playoffs. And here in Canada, we're starting to feel who that won maybe- that game, by the way. <laughs> well thank goodness as you and I would both say that Montreal took it oh from yeah Toronto the Leafs did lose that game <laughs> in overtime yeah. so it is going. sorry game anyway seven. sorry
1: just felt like I needed to <laughs> say that out loud
0: well, even if we can't agree on Nightmare Before Christmas, at least we can agree as Wings and Sens fans on this, uh, on this playoff series. So we're starting to, to feel things open up a little bit, and we're hoping that that will mean the border can open up soon, which means, of course, I can see my great friend Christian, but it also means that we can travel a little bit in, in the United States. And so we are planning, hopefully, in the autumn to go to Disney World. It'll be my first time at Disney World since the mid-2000s. Um, it'll be my wife's first time in I think 10 years or so, and it'll be our daughter's first time ever. And so Christian and I, um, as someone who's been there a lot and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get producer Ryan on the show uh, soon and talk about this as well, but I'm, I'm looking for some advice and I'm looking okay. for, a for some, um, tips on as a dad, how to survive this great journey. So I'm going to start with the first part was, uh, how did the airplane go?
1: Yeah, so we um, have a habit, my wife and I, of our – so this is before we had our daughter. Um, We had a habit of catching the earliest damn flight out in the morning because then Mm -hmm. we could get there and still have the day at Disney World. And then we also made a habit of taking the latest damn flight. On the last day, because if we could go to the, the park for the whole day and then fly out at like you know 10 p.m. get in at 1 a.m. and you know we'd be exhausted, but we still had that final day, you know, um, which obviously had to change when we had a child because that's not exactly how uh, how it uh, how it went. Um, but that being said, we were very lucky in that our daughter was actually very very good on the plane uh, for the most part, so we were very lucky in that standpoint. But what I would try to do is. Um, my, my advice, and I don't even know how you would manage this or how, you know, because every, obviously, child and, and and family is a little bit different. If you can find a way to plan it so that she is feeding or sleeping during takeoff, um, I think that was key for us. So we kind of timed it. Now, we did end up taking an early morning flight. but we basically timed it where my wife was essentially feeding her as we were like boarding the plane and taking off. And I found that that was because that was something she knew Um, it was a a normal thing for her. And so she was able to kind of just sail through that, um, which is good. And then just tons of distractions. So like Mm -hmm. my, our entire carry on bag was just like all her stuff. You know, because right. it was like, you never know what you're going to need, you know, one toy works one day, one works the next. So you basically just had like every single toy you could think of, or whatever pacifier, you know, like whatever, like, you know, uh, any teether, anything, right? Like it was anything that you could think of. Uh, songs, videos, anything, you know, all your bags of tricks basically have with you because the last thing you want is to be that dad with the screaming baby. Um, not because you're <laughs> embarrassed that your baby's screaming because you don't want your baby to be unhappy. Um, yeah. so, it's a uh, bit of both, I guess. A right? bit of both. It's a little bit of both. Speaking, speaking of guardians, bit of both? Bit of both. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that was the big thing. But I think the big one was if you can find a way that she has a nap on the plane um, or mm. is, you know, feeding or something on the plane, I think that's a huge huge plus
0: right well that's uh, that's good advice i'll definitely keep that in mind and then once you get there um you know when when i was growing up uh, the couple of times that we went we stayed in hotels uh, there Um, But now we're in a position where we have a little bit of uh, family in the area in kind of the greater Orlando area in central Florida. Um, And so we're thinking maybe of not staying in Disney World. We're still kind of debating that, though, and we're not quite sure about the pros and cons. Uh, When you guys go, do you stay at Disney World itself or do you stay off resort and and come uh, into the resort for uh, during the daytime?
1: We stay on on property. Um, my wife and I are actually, uh, Disney vacation club members. So we have a membership where we can stay for a period of time each year. Um, but, um, we stay on the property have when we were, uh, childless, we were those childless millennials that everyone complains about. Um, <laughs> and now we're the old people that complain about the childless millennials, but no, um, but we stay on property. And for a- so
0: the world turns. and, and
1: That's right. Um. So we, you know, we stay on property for a couple of reasons. Uh, one of which is, um, if you stay on the property, you can use the public transportation for free. Um, so there are buses that run everywhere from hotels to parks, between parks, all that type of stuff. So just not having to worry about our own vehicle, you know, parking, you know, that type of thing was very handy. Um, and then obviously just the um, you know, being so close to everything is, is, is helpful. And also because at each resort, I mean, each resort is almost a theme park in and of itself. You know, they've got Mm. programs and, you know, swimming pools, you know, all those types of stuff that as a, now as a parent, you know, we, um, our structure for our trip is much different because now there's so much for our kids to potential. I say kids, sorry, we have one kid, but you know, for kids to potentially do, um, that if you're having a potentially cranky child on a day, you don't have to worry about entertaining them at a theme park. You can do it. You know what I mean? There's a little more flexibility right, that right, way, right, right. um, right at your disposal. Um, uh, now you we have don't have family in there. the area, so I don't have that aspect to it. You know what I mean? Where, like you said, you could go visit family per se. Um, but yeah, we do it because there's just there's a few added benefits of being on the property. I think the big one for us was the transportation. You know, you right. can you have all of that, uh, you know, at, at your disposal.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense as well. I um I I, I like that idea of having a home base kind of on the resort somewhere that, you know, if, you know, if a ride's not working out or you're having a cranky moment, like you've got that kind of cool down place, like you always have
1: that. And a temper tantrum, you know, that you can either, you know, get on a bus and be back at your hotel room in 10 minutes potentially versus, you know, having to go to the, the you know, parking lot J and find your car (laughs) and all that type of stuff, you know, maybe. Um, But I mean, that's just, you know, our, our personal opinion. And we, we have that ability. And like I said, they have so much, I mean, it's built for families really. Right. So right. they have so much related to um, families specifically that uh, yeah, we found staying on the resort a lot more convenient.
0: Well, let me, uh, let me close it out then with uh, a general one, which is, you know, as um, going from that, as you called it, you know, the millennial couple with no kids to the uh, millennial couple with kids. Um, do you, you know, in that evolution from a pure spectator and pure enjoyer to a bit more of a half-enjoying, half half-supervising half kind of role. Um, do you have any, any tips for me on how to survive uh, a day in the hot Florida sun?
1: Well, if we're talking about hot Florida sun specifically, I'll say this. <laughs> At each park, they have a child care center, okay? It's like a baby care center. Okay. They are gold
0: really they
1: are these so hot florida sun you know it's like it's like uh what 30 degrees you know probably in the shade yeah, heated, sorry swampy nine 90 yeah. ish for our americans out there um 90 that's almost boiling yeah. oh, you oh mean fahrenheit. yeah i mean fahrenheit um they they are these climate controlled air-conditioned little pots of gold where you can go they have change tables and places to like you know whether it's warm up breast milk or bottles or whatever you know all these types of things um and so you can literally go in there and you know we use them all the time so when we went our daughter was about eight months and then when we went the second time she was um a little over a year and so we uh so they, they're just they're so 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 helpful Um uh, that even if like as parents, you just need a break. You can just look at each other and just be like, yeah, you want to go in some air conditioning? Well, I guess our daughter <laughs> needs a diaper change. And then you just go into this place. They are wonderful. Uh, they have people there that help you out. You know, they have, if for whatever reason, you're out of diapers, they have them there, you know, this, that, and the other thing. So they are, those are those are worth their weight in gold. So, you know, get your map and find it. And then, because when you're there at the park, you know, they're, they're awesome. But if there's one thing that I can say that's different from being a... Uh, millennial with no kids to now being, I call myself a geriatric millennial um, <laughs> with kids um, is you very much have to lower your expectations in the amount that you're going to do mm. in a given day. Mm. My wife and I would plan out our, you know, fast passes and all this type of stuff. And, you know, we'd, we'd try to do 10 or 12 rides in a day and do this, that go, 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 go. Disney with the kid is a saunter. You know, mm. cause you're doing everything at your, well, I guess uh, my, actually, so my wife and I and, and daughter are going in July. Um, so we're going in a couple of months and uh, it's a, it's a saunter. Mm. It's not a, it's not a go, go, go anymore. So you don't really get to do nearly as much as you, as you want. Um, which makes sense. I mean, when you go without kids, you're going for a completely different reason now than when you're going with a kid. Um, so um, yeah in that standpoint. So there's still those little moments where I was like, you know, I was talking to my wife and I was like, honestly, we don't even have to go to Hollywood studios really for more than a little bit. I just want to go on the star Wars ride. Like if I get my starboard <laughs> rise once that week, I'm good. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but, uh, you know, those types of things. So, uh, yeah, just finding like the little points. Cause I know, like I said, you and your wife are, are big into Disney and, uh, had Disney music at your wedding. Um, if I recall that and and all that type of stuff. So you still want to do obviously all those things that are nostalgic to you and, and happy to you, but then kind of just realizing that you're gonna do it at a much slower pace because there's gonna be diaper changes and uh, you know, and and naps that need to happen and you know, all that type of stuff. So just uh, mm. you know, not tempering expectations that it's gonna be a, a lesser experience, but uh maybe not as jam action packed as you might think.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's really that's really good to know. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, sitting here in my uh Sweltering hot uh, walk in closet in the middle of the, uh, uh, or at the start of the Ontario summer, that right now uh, a dull whip and uh, some sweet air conditioning in a change room sounds like perfection. So I'll be counting down the days. Well, Christian, thank you very much for your advice, my friend. I'm sure we'll circle back to this topic either when you go to Disney World uh, or when we have producer Ryan back on. But in the meantime, we are going to take a break here at the Dad Joke Loading podcast. We'll be back with you in just a moment. Welcome back to the Dad Joke Loading Podcast. He's Christian. I'm Chris. Uh, thanks for chatting with us again this week. We're going to close out this week's episode uh, with a couple of dad jokes. And for that, it is the Dad Joke of the Week.
1: <coughs>
0: so, Christian, we um, we talked a lot about Disney. We've talked about Marvel, which I guess is Disney. So we've really just talked about Disney. Um, so uh, I guess I'm wondering, uh, Christian, what do you get when Iron Man takes off his suit? I don't know. What do you get? Stark
1: naked. (laughs) Hey, uh, Chris, what did uh, Snow White say when her photos weren't ready? Uh,
0: I don't know. What did Snow White say when her photos weren't ready?
1: Someday my prince will come.
0: (laughs) Why are the Avengers so handy with tools? Mm,
1: I don't know, Chris. Why?
0: They're always assembling.
1: (laughs) That's so bad. Hey, uh, Chris, why did Mickey Mouse get hit with a snowball? Uh, All I'm picturing is
0: Mickey Mouse getting hit with a snowball. (laughs) That's not the joke, but... (laughs) That's it. Just, ha! That's it. Um, I don't know. Why did Mickey Mouse get hit with a snowball?
1: Donald ducked.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. Why does Thor's brother never make a good impression at parties?
1: Mm, I'm not sure why. He's too thr- low-key. I'm trying to think of something if it was like mischievous, you know, like the whole like, you know, deceptive multiple, you know, it was just straight up just a low-key joke. Yep. All right. Good.
0: So perfectly, just like every dad joke, we've sucked all of the energy out of this episode. It's the perfect time to end. Um, I had a, another great week uh, with you, Christian. Thanks for chatting with me. And uh, let us uh, we won't make it a two-week break this time. We'll be back at you next week to talk with you again um, about some uh, some more hot topics. Um, in the meantime, you can reach out to us at dadjokeloadingpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's dadjokeloadingpodcast at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you, whether that's stories about fatherhood, um, things that you've always wanted to know as a dad, things you're nervous about, your hopes and dreams. Um, or any of the other things that we talk about on this show, which is pretty much anything, Um, whether that's sports, um, playoff time is on, uh, Disney World, whether you have any thoughts on Your favorite uh, movie
1: marathon to watch on TV.
0: (laughs) Yeah, thoughts on Fast and the Furious. Um, all that good stuff. We would love to hear I do not want to <laughs> hear
1: anyone's thoughts on Fast and the Furious. There are no thoughts on Fast and the Furious.
0: So that is podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can also hit us up on Twitter as well, Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and uh, we'll be back with you next week. So Christian, thank you. As always, my friend, any parting
1: thoughts? Which Disney character can count the highest? <laughs> hmm.
0: I don't know, Christian, which Disney
1: character can count the highest. Buzz Lightyear. He can count to infinity and beyond. (laughs) All right. We'll see you next week, folks. It's been Dad Joke Loading Podcast.
0: Bye, everyone.